We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Roto-Grinders Daily Fantasy Podcasts are presented to you by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. This week, 15, you need to be checking out Yahoo. They've got a $1 million guaranteed prize pool tournament, which also has the greatest value proposition in the history of DFS. $250,000 in guaranteed overlay in this contest. It's a $20 entry with only a 10-entry max. If you haven't signed up, make sure you go to rotogrinders.com forward slash Yahoo and use Promo code GRINDERS30 for a $30 matching deposit bonus on that first deposit. Check them out this week. It's Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. everybody it's wednesday and you know what that means it's time for the roto world roto grinders dfs pick six i'm eric crane and i'm joined every single week by these two guys who are some of the best in the business first we got lord reeves rich reba reeves how we doing buddy doing fantastic man is this uh is this like our second class show or no third do we do week seven we have 15 16 17 do we do these week 17 cool yeah of course we do week 17 yeah, we gotta talk about josh Dobson. we have the biggest edge yeah, week 17 is the best. That's like preseason, baby. It's like the preseason. We should start doing this show for preseason. Like, I would 100% do this show. I, I, I want to keep doing this show. I want to do as many of these as possible. We All should right. do this show for every single NFL DFS slate, running up the food chain. Why would we not do it for NFL playoffs? I think it's fine with me. You hear that? Dan, Dan, Cam, who do we got to get to, man? Who we got to – what bears I'll, do we got to play? I'll flex the muscle. I know what's going on. We got to – I love Cal Spears. Yeah, Cal. I get him, I get him on a, I get him on, you know, a, 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 a quick call, man. Shout, you get, you get him on the speed Cal. dial? Yeah, Cal. <laughs> like, you holler at him, tell him we need some playoff version of this show. <laughs> I, I'm not ready to be done. Also joining us, of course, Evan Silva. Evan, what's up, buddy? 
Doing well, man. Um, very excited for this, the, the full slate, the full Thursday through Monday slate. The actual main slate is trash. I mean, <laughs> it's bad, but you know, hey, that's what the, you know, the, the vast majority of uh, listeners and watcher, watchers are concerned with. I understand that, but I would encourage anybody, if you want to play actually good plays, do Thursday through Monday, man. I mean, you know, beginning with, you know, potentially Justin Jackson, uh, extending through that Rams-Eagles game, which looks real, real hot on it's Sunday night, I believe. Um, and then there are certainly some good plays in that Saints-Panthers game on Monday night. So I would encourage, if you want to play actually good plays, if you don't want to you know, have to talk yourself into suboptimal plays, which you're going to have to on the uh, the main slate, man, uh, hit that hit that Thursday through Monday. Suboptimal plays are the fun ones, though. That's when you they get there, you get to do victory laps. I mean, this was the first week all season that me and Evan really kind of went back and forth and hemhawed on the third game we were going to pick for this because the slate just has all these teams where there's like a, a terrible team involved in one of the games. Uh, you know, we kind of kicked around like Cincinnati, you know, Oakland or San Francisco, Seattle, just settled on what had like the most like fantasy actual players in it, uh, you know, with that Baltimore Tampa game. I'm glad we're talking Dallas and Indy later on. I'm a little bit surprised. I want to talk Oakland and Cincinnati later because this game is like the cheap shootout because it's the, look, it's the exact same total and the team's an exact same favorite in Cincy, Oakland as it is in Dallas and Indy. And literally one of them's going to have a ton of ownership. The other's not going to have any. So I kind of want to talk about that later. But let's go ahead and jump into the slate. And again, like Evan said, this is kind of a weird slate. We've got a ton of totals, a ton of games that are pretty much exactly the same. No real place to get that excited about unless you're wanting to stack up the Pittsburgh-New England game. And guess what? Everybody's going to be doing that. So we're going to have to find something a little bit different to do. So let's talk right away. Tampa Bay at Baltimore, 46.5 point total. Baltimore, 7.5 point favorites at home. And... Reeves, we got weather issues here. It's supposed to be rain. Nothing too bad, though. And now we get a Bucks team that's traveling to Baltimore. They're playing a team that can get pressure on the quarterback. The prices of two guys went up, Chris Godwin and Adam Humphreys. Meanwhile, the Mike Evans price, that went way down, 6.7K over on DK. It's a tough matchup for these Bucks. What do you think about Tampa Bay in this one, Reeves? Yeah, I think this is a tough spot for him because of what Tampa Bay does well and what they do well plays into the strengths of what the Ravens do. I mean, you look at when teams have had success against the Ravens this year, it's because they have a receiving tight end or a back out of the backfield that catch passes. And the Bucks have neither of those two. Ronald plays. Jones week. Like they their whole offense is just centered on how well their receivers play. That's what their passing game is driven on. And that's a problem. Uh, in this Baltimore Ravens matchup. I mean, they, they've allowed, what, a 100-yard receiver all year. It was last week the Tyree kill, and they faced a lot of good receivers. They faced, obviously, the Steelers guys two times. They faced Michael Thomas. They faced Julio Jones. They've, they've ran through a gauntlet of good players, and just none of these receivers have really popped outside of Tyreek last week. Uh, and, you, you know, you're talking about you want to have guys like Cameron Brait. You want to elevate because the, the Ravens aren't good against tight ends. But if that dude just doesn't catch a pass inside the paint, like what are you getting out of him? And they're not, you know, Peyton Barber and Jaquiz Rogers. No one's playing any of these guys in this game. So what the Bucks do well plays, you know, kind of like I said, hand in hand to what the Ravens do well. So, I mean, Jameis is priced way down. I think the one out for Jameis is that he's rushed for 41 yards per game in his full starts. Uh, so, I mean, you might have that. You're getting a passing touchdown with his legs, you know, if he doesn't turn the ball over. Um, but his yardage has been way down here the, the past couple of weeks. So I'm a little concerned about where this Bucks offense can really find their ceiling on the road in Baltimore. 
Yeah, you know, it's kind of a weird spot because I look at this Baltimore team and look, people want to play Chris Godwin, people want to play Adam Humphreys, and I get it. But uh, Evan, how do I play those guys when Mike Evans is just 6.7K? That's the exposure right. I want from this Bucks team. What do you think? Okay. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I think that the way that the Ravens defend these Bucks receivers is going to be very similar to the way that the Ravens defended uh, the Falcons a couple of weeks ago, which was Jimmy Smith against the number one, which was Julio, and now will be Mike Evans with uh, safety help over the top. And then Marlon Humphrey, who the Ravens now consider to be their best cornerback, he pretty much shut down Calvin Ridley um, in that game, and now I think he will be on Godwin. That does not mean that, you know, neither of these guys are, are going to get production. I think that this passing game, the way that it has been functioning lately is in a much better spot than the Falcons were at that time. I think that one of the guys, you know, Godwin or Evans is probably going to have a decent game, but the way to, to attack the Ravens this year has been to throw the ball in the middle of the field. And um, Adam Humphreys leads the team in targets over the last three weeks. Uh, he leads the team in receptions when Jameis has played this year. Um, and the Ravens have not been necessarily giving really to any position uh, except for tight end, actually. Um, but, you know, I think that if you're going to look at a guy like – I think it's – everything on the box is contrarian plays. You know, it's – everything is contrarian. People are not going to be using, you know, Bucks players, um, you know, at Baltimore. Like, that's going to be a situation that a lot – that most people avoid. But, yo, like this passing game for the Bucks, just the offense in general – has been largely matchup proof. Um, you know, and I mean, Jameis Winston last week, I know he didn't put, put up a ma ma monster game, but he was a top 10 quarterback last week. Cameron Bray was, you know, he crushed. Um, so, I, And I also think that you could look at Cameron Bray, but I think that ultimately these guys are contrarian tournament options. Yeah, you know, I, I get the Adam Humphreys thing. You know, you attack Baltimore in the slot. I don't want to mess with Cameron Bray again. I'm going to be paying up a tight end once again this week. Reeves, are you into Adam Humphreys this week? I haven't been into him on FanDuel for a lot of weeks since his price got over that 6K range. What is it this week? I know I looked at it, and I just can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, yeah. He's been, like, way overpriced on FanDuel for, like, three or four weeks just for the type of player he is. I just don't pay for that type of player, really, on FanDuel. Uh, so, I mean, he's been fine on DK for most of the – for most of the weeks, but I'm, I'm okay. I'm more in like Evan's side of this. Like I really am only looking at the bucks as far as like, you know, like a contrarian tournament stack, something like that. If you're going to play Lamar and look for a little cross stack action, because the bucks have given up a ton of points on the road, almost 40 points per game. Uh, they've been on like a stretch where they played a bunch of home games in a row uh, since the coordinator changed. So maybe we don't get a full on overlap and the Ravens aren't a type of offense that maybe can hang for it in anyone because what they do well slows the game down now and eats clock. Um, but you know, um, if you're going to make a stack for that game, you know, that's where you're going to look for it. So you're not really going to be targeting any of these, uh, offensive players, to the Ravens outside of Lamar. Yeah. I'm just saying Mike Evans is just too cheap. Like it's, uh, I mean, I know the matchup's not good and I know that it might not be the optimal play, but there are some guys when they're just, when they dive under 7K, like the talent's just there and I want to play them. And Mike Evans is, falls into that category. Speaking of talent, Lamar Jackson, uh, newsflash, Evan, he's good. Lamar Jackson is uh, good as, as a, well, as a runner, not necessarily as a passer. You don't like, oh, you're smirking at me. You don't like Lamar. No, no, no I am, I am uh, Lamar Truther for sure. All right. All right. So talk to me about Lamar Jackson because, I mean, as I mean, he goes, the Ravens offense go. And meanwhile, we're not used to seeing a Ravens offense with a freaking four touchdown implied team total. That is really high for Baltimore. But 
Lamar Jackson, I mean, he's got it rolling down there in Baltimore. So what do you think about him and the rest of his offense this week? He's been real steady. You know, we have not seen a ceiling game from him yet. Will it happen this week? I certainly wouldn't rule it out. You know, right now the narrative and the narratives, you know, the recency bias, small sample narratives are usually wrong in the NFL. Usually wrong. I mean, you know, this is always one of the toughest things to decipher in the NFL is the seasons within the season. You know, like what, what, like we, we understand that we can look back and, you know, we could do like, you know, a full, you know, 14 game or 13 game look at every team, you know, but what is actually going on with this team right now? And um, I think that the, the narrative right now for Tampa Bay is that their defense has been fixed by the new defensive coordinator, Mark Duffner, uh, who replaced Mike Smith. However, They've played three straight home games. And if you adjust for home versus road, they're allowing 20.6 points per game at home. And they were allowing 39.8 points per game on the road with, a, 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 I think the lowest that they've allowed is 27 or 35, something like that. I mean, and so, you know, it, it's hard to say, you know, it's hard to say. We, first of all, we know that home road splits are real. You know, you can, I mean, even the, you know, the, the anti-defense truthers will admit that home roads splits are, are, are real. Uh, Hermsmeyer, you know, we, we can call him out. Frisco, Frisco. Um, he, I saw you calling him out. You guys were at the start fist fighting, huh? The NFL, no, man, no. the NFL, we and JJ were talking about this week too. It's like the NFL is like the one sport, like home field advantage is such a big deal. So huge. Um, it, it, it really plays out more than the other sports. I'm telling you, man, like every bad decision I, I've looked back and I've been like, like when we got to play like Carson Wentz on the road at the Saints. Yes. Yeah, which was just the worst play ever. And I was just like, what was I thinking? You know, like I know that home field advantage is so important, man. You know, and um, and even last week, like with Big Ben, like – I know it was just a very weird situation, but, and he, I mean, he wasn't bad. I mean, yo, dude went like 24 for 28 and I think he was like a top 16 quarterback on the week. Um, even though he missed a third of the game, but like, it's, it's little things like that that you don't even think about like, yo, Hey, you know, he gets banged up in the game. You know, you got it like to go to the, uh, the, the Raiders x-ray room, you have to uh, run up three flights of stairs <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, if the rec- x-ray machine isn't working, like, you got to start hitting it, you know. And, yo, like, Ben, like, goes down the sideline. He's like, you know, we're, we're waiting. You know, he's got the, the uh, backwards ball cap on. He's like, we're waiting for the results. You know, we, we don't know. We did the x-ray, but here I am on the sideline. We're waiting for the results. If we can't get the results, you know, I can't go back in the game. Finally, I guess they got the results or they were just like, F it. You know, we're just we're, – we're about to lose, so I'm jumping in. You know, and I, it was a crazy situation, but it's all little things like that. You know, it's the flight, et cetera. Home field advantage is absolutely significant in the NFL. Dude, the problem was they had to put Josh Dobbs in the game. I think Josh Dobbs actually could have went and fixed that machine. Dude, he looked terrible. Dude, dude he's, he's, a, he's like uh, he's like ridiculously smart. Though. Isn't he like an astronaut? <laughs> he's all, I think, rocket scientist. I'm glad <laughs> he's got something to fall back on because football ain't going to work out for you, Josh. Like it was I, like the first, the first pass of the day, like Josh Dobbs, he's got a wide open guy in a crossing slant and he missed him by five yards behind him. And I'm just watching the game like, Oh, that's not going to hit very well. 
And so this is the rare dude, like who, like his team will give him a full game in preseason. And you're like, and when you ever, whenever you could get like a quarterback that's playing a full game in preseason DFS, you're like, you know. But then if it's Josh Dobbs, you're like, I don't know, man. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Should I just play the defense against them? Can, you know, can, like, can we get six quarters? Is six quarters possible? <laughs> that might not even be enough. <laughs> Well, Reeves, what do you think about Lamar Jackson then? Because like, on FanDuel, he's pretty priced up. DK, though, he's still priced under 6K, man. Like, I, I got to have some interest in Lamar in this spot. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's priced pretty properly for what the performance you've got, like Evan said. And that's basically been his floor. I mean, this is what the Ravens are going to do. And you could talk about them playing soft defenses that they've played so far. But offensively, his rushing output, which has led to all of his fantasy points, they're pretty like unfadable. Like there's that like they're going to be able to successfully get him to rush for seventy yards just by, against just about anyone because you still have to play a regular defense. I mean he's going to eventually hit some of these long throws he's missed. Uh, the problem with him right now is he's just had really he's really struggled getting the ball to wide receivers and and, play, and passes on the boundary. Uh, he's under fifty percent on passes uh, to the boundaries over the middle field seventy percent. Uh, wide receivers, 29 of 58, you know, completions. Uh, if he starts hitting some of these throws and gets to that boost, his, his ceiling's going to rise. I think he's already at his floor. He's priced at his floor. You're getting that type of production. All oh, the runs are designed runs, so they're going to keep coming. That's, you know, unlike Josh Allen's, we talked about Josh Allen's, that hair on fire guy that is scrambling under pressure, getting these. That's why Lamar also isn't getting these these chunk runs. You're not seeing him get these 30, 30 yard runs because they're designed runs. They're typical run plays. He's not bailing out of the pocket. Don't doesn't feel like those. Eventually he's going to, he's eventually he's going to break one. I mean, this is a dude that ran for more yards in college than Saquon Barkley. Like it's like, eventually he's going to, going to pop one, but that's why you haven't seen the types of yardage per carry in comparison, like a guy like Josh Allen, because Josh Allen's getting his yards off scrambles. Defensive defenders are turning their backs to him. Uh, and he's taking off down the field, getting these chunk runs. Uh, I think he has, he has Josh Allen has six carries of 20 or more yards the past three games, which is pretty crazy. It's tied for the NFL lead. Um, but that's why you're not seeing Lamar get those chunk plays. But uh, he's his floor is ultra safe. He's the only guy you can look to, I think, on the Ravens side. You just look to him. Uh, and then because it's just a hodgepodge of parts yeah, outside yeah. of him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I want to like John Brown. Like, he was somebody that early in the season I was playing a ton, but – with Joe Flacco not playing, like I just struggle to see a way I can play John Brown. You know, this running back situation, Evan, what do we do here? Because Gus Edwards, he was the guy for a little bit. Now it looks like Kenneth Dixon is going to take over getting, I mean, I don't even know what the majority of carries is going to be because they have Ty Montgomery there as well. So what do we do with this running back situation or do we just ignore it? In the great words of the great Davis Maddock. Bye-bye. Now, now wave, now wave. Oh, the now wave. Sorry, I always give the bye bye. I know. So, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, now wave used to be a thing. I guess it, it kind of fell out of favor, you know. But we're we're bringing it back. No, I mean, I think that you know, just don't play anyone. I mean, you could kind of talk yourself into Kenneth Dixon like in a season long. I think. Uh, I don't. I don't even think in a season long I could play Gus Edwards right now. Uh, really, the big like just from a game standpoint. I think the biggest concern right now, and I would like to hear Reeves' opinion before we move on to the next one, is um, can uh, the Ravens' rushing offense just straight control this game? And, you know, I mean, the Ravens have had games where, like, they have twice as many plays or at least double-time possession with Lamar Jackson. Was it against Atlanta? And One of the teams, yeah. 
they had they doubled the time of possession, dude. Like they, it was forty to twenty, and so that's a really big concern for everyone on the Bucks. That and and in in addition to the fact that the Bucks have not stopped a run in in weeks. So, um, what do you think about that, Reeves? Yeah, I think that that's probably the biggest concern when you look at the plays outside of last week and Lamar Jackson starts. Uh, they ran 21 more plays the first game uh, than they did than the Bengals ran. Then they ran 13 more plays uh, than Oakland ran. But remember, they also had two defensive touchdowns that game. Uh, and then they ran 32 more plays than the Falcons ran with a with a defensive touchdown uh, in that game. And then last week they were nugget, negative 15 on plays uh, against the Chiefs. So there's definitely concern. You got a Tampa Bay team coming on the road. I mean, Baltimore's defensive history in Baltimore against quarterback play over the past three years is pretty unreal in the amount of ceiling games they allow. So I think that's your biggest concern uh, here is that forgetting that Tampa Bay 40-point road game, uh, I think that's the problem because what the Ravens are going to be able to do well is like you said, take it's it's going to be they're going to matriculate the ball, and that's going to be a problem here. Like kind of like we see the Cowboys do every week. Yeah, this game kind of feels like it'd be like th- could be thirty-five to seven, and just even though the Ravens put up thirty-five points, nobody gets there. I still wonder. I mean, Reeves, am I just being paranoid? Like I'm really concerned about Lamar Jackson's ceiling. I mean, I I'm not really concerned about where because you're talking about him just being like a cash game viable play where his price is at. I think he's a great cash play, and I've been saying this for yeah. a while. We're like that's I mean, yeah. So but he's, I mean, so he's priced just what for what you're gonna get. Uh, so I think he's he's just really good cash game play. I don't know if he's a great tournament play, but I think it, he's fine uh, to take a shot. It's when it happens, it, you're gonna get a big one. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, we, it looks like we lost Evan for for a second. So Reeves, it's just you and I, buddy. It's just you and I, big boy. That's all right. Let's talk Dallas at the Col- hey welcome back evan it's good to see you buddy i thought you said big Vern. he came right back by the way we are getting a lot of uh a lot of support on twitter for us to be on air yeah. like it's i it's, love it's, that you know, thanks so yeah. much guys yeah. i mean that means the world you know that yeah. means the world yeah except for one guy gfs is the best Oh my, it's dude, it's so good. It's so like cool. it's like playoff NBA, like NBA, like the ability to win it. Oh, NBA yeah. just goes downhill and then playoffs comes in and just shoots up again. It's great. Anything where I have to get more coaxed into playing more bad players to get edge of the field is, is my totally my kind of game. I'll tell you, dude, if you're gonna feel like you have to play bad players, I'm the guy you need to be doing shows with. Like, I, find more, I find more successful shitty players than anybody out there. <laughs> it's, it, it's that's isn't that like really the edge at this point? I mean, yes, yeah, you know, yeah. it's 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 finding you know Matt Lacoste to pay the boss at this point. Oh my god, Matt Lacoste. No, sucks. All right, all right, sorry, yeah, you're yeah, right. I, I, I told you, man, like he's replaced, Case up his name. yeah, he's, he's replaced Case Keenum as the guy that's going to cause me to walk off the set. Yeah, like, <laughs> It's okay. By the way, you want a cheap play this weekend that nobody's going to play? Robbie Anderson. Thank me later. All right, yeah. let's talk. Yo, no, but seriously, that's that Saturday only slate. I love it. It's kind of hot, isn't it? I think it's kind of I hot. love that Saturday only slate. Yeah, I, might... I love the Saturday only slate. Yeah. It's, everybody's going to play Deshaun it's like a miniature. Watson. It's like a miniature Thanksgiving. Yeah. Oh, it's exactly what it is. You everybody's going to play Watson. I like, uh, I actually like Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Yeah, Keenum. I, I'm not, dude. No, I just wanted the reaction. Yeah, I just no, wanted, you, I just wanted the reaction. Yeah, just in lock and Philip Lindsay, but everybody knows to do that. All right, let's. Lindsay, I like Robbie Anderson, man. Robbie Anderson's a dope pick. 
yeah, he's an unbelievable pick against that Texans defense where the, the outside corners cannot run. Dude, I had, run. we talked about it last week on the show, man. I know. And I, need, I needed one guy. I still needed a wide receiver for the, uh, the semifinals in my, my high-stakes league. You better believe I picked up Robbie Anderson. He's playing for me. This nice, week. nice. Yeah, that's, Yo, that's, Tim Patrick's a good play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind. Cortland, Cortland Sutton is dust. He's, Hopefully a lot of people play him. Yeah, I think he's a big time mistake. He's gonna be. Yeah, I don't like Cortland. So, all right, we gotta move on. We gotta move on. I don't all know. Right, I'm, fine, fine. I'm talking about the Saturday slate though. All right, Dallas and Indy, forty six and a half point total. The Colts at home, they're two and a half point favorites. And uh, Evan, like one of the nice things about this game is we know exactly. I mean, exactly where the production's gonna be on Dallas. It's gonna be Zeke getting thirty touches yep. a game. It's gonna be Amari Cooper who just keeps blowing up on the Colts side. It's gonna be T. Y. Hilton and Eric Ebron. So. Let's start with the Dallas side. I mean, it's Zeke Elliott will probably be my highest owned player this week. I'm really struggling to find a way he won't be because, I mean, he the matchup is great. He's going to catch a ton of dump offs against this team. Like, is there anything not to like about Zeke this week? Um, I mean, I can paint a paint a uh, devil's advocate case against him. All right, go ahead. I'll cry. I don't want to. All right, fair, fair enough. I'm looking at are, are they um are they dogs? Like two and a half, they're two and a half point dogs. Okay, okay. So, so that means that the, the book the books are like it's pretty much even because yeah. um I know well, that the just three three points. So yeah, it's it's considered to be three. I think it's more like two point seven five, but either way. Um yeah, so they're they're considered to be like even teams, which makes sense to me, although I think that a lot of people might scoff at that. I think that the general public right now views Dallas as a superior team. I would lean that way, I think, because I think that people still have no respect for the Colts defense. And I think people um, just saw Dallas have a big game. On prime and time. Yeah, and we've seen them play a bunch of primetime games recently yeah. against the Eagles on Thanksgiving, uh, two games against the Eagles in, in primetime. So, yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um <clears throat> The Colts have been really good against the run over the last five games. Now they have not faced elite rushing teams, although they did shut down. Um, uh, well, I mean, this is who they played: Houston, Jacksonville, yeah. Miami, Tennessee, Jacksonville, Oakland, Buffalo, right. Jets, New England. I mean, the last decent yeah. running back they faced was James White or Leonard Fournette. But didn't that where Leonard Fournette got kicked out? I was out just going to say, or he was suspended. Fournette did not play in that game. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's just like they, they haven't faced any. Correct, Reeves? I'm, I'm, I'm losing. Yeah, was the yeah that was the week we uh, yeah. had the Carlos Hyde trap. Remember? Oh God, Carlos Hyde, worst play ever in the history. Easily, easily, I mean, people wanted to play him since play ever. since week six. Who's the best running back that that the uh, that the Colts <clears throat> have faced? Lamar Miller, Kenyon Drake, yeah. Deion Lewis. I mean, seriously, find me a good running back in this. In this, Lashawn McCoy, who's dead to me. I mean, I don't see a good one here. Yeah. To be no, fair, Houston had been running on everyone. Yep, they had been. But I mean, I just feel like Zeke in that Cowboys rushing game is one we don't really get over wrapped up in uh, no. because they're they're going to do what they do yeah. on offense. All right, I know, but I, but I said I was going to paint a devil's advocate. So well, keep you didn't, keep paying, you didn't, baby. Yeah, you didn't hey, do a man. great job. Picasso like, up, man. Okay. I mean, all I have to say is they're road dogs, and the run defense that they're facing is has been kind of good lately against crap rushing offenses. So that's all I have to say. All right, yeah, Frank. I mean, look, he's fine. on my he's on my high stakes team. I'm yeah. rooting for him. 
I'm probably playing him in DFS this week. You asked me to, you know, <laughs> are there reasons to not play him? I tried to come up with something. There it was. All right. Well, I, I'm not convinced. I'm still playing Zeke everywhere, and I know you are too, Evan. Are you doing the same, Reeves? Yeah, man, because uh, for some reason it took two and a half years that the Cowboys finally figured out they were allowed to throw the football to Zeke Elliott. Good job, I mean, Jason Garrett. Who's <laughs> Jason Garrett? I mean, <laughs> yes, uh, since since week nine, he has 42 reception. Uh, he has 40 catches. Only Christian McCaffrey has more. The next closest running back has 27 catches. They finally realized this guy can catch the football, and, is, and their offense is a lot better when they take easy completions. Dak Prescott plays better. I know Amari Cooper's addition is getting all the credit for the Cowboys' turnaround, but them getting the ball successfully to Zeke Elliott on early downs in the passing game has made a world of difference. A guy like Warren Sharp has highlighted the importance for offensive Thank efficiency. You. And it's made a world of difference for this this Cowboys team. Uh, the way they've actually had rational coaching uh, since maybe it was just getting Amari Cooper and they had to re-shake re- move some chairs around. But uh, Zeke catching the football out of the backfield has been a big deal for that offense. Yeah, it's kind of crazy too because like I was reading a stat earlier, I think it was in Scott Barrett's column, where he was talking about that over the last four weeks where Zeke has total PPR totals of 34, 25, 28, 36. He's only had four carries inside the 10. Like, it's just – it's insane because it almost feels, Evan, like Zeke has been leaving points on the field despite these massive games. Okay. It's because I mean, they suck I, in the red zone. Balling, you know, I think he's been balling. Yeah. Oh, he has been balling, but he's only got – I mean, like, four carries yeah. inside the 10. Like, it could, this could have been – he could have been doing way more. Yeah, yeah, they're like 30th in red zone conversion rate, and that still doesn't change. That's why their points per game have stayed the same with Amari Cooper, even though their yardage is up like 80 yards a game. So what what about Amari Cooper? Because obviously we all like Zeke. Yeah. You know, Amari, Reeves, Amari's just been balling. Is this a matchup where you're going to be targeting Amari? I think Amari's a good cash game plan fan. He'll probably a fade everywhere else. Uh, he's wide receiver 12 on DK now, where he's wide receiver 22 on FanDuel if you're talking Thursday through Monday slates. Uh, just 44.8% of the catches against the Colts this season have gone to wide receiver. It's the lowest rate in the league. We've talked about it at nauseum on the show, the type of defense they play. They don't give up big plays. I think it's a game where Amari can be a good cash game play since he's had a high floor. The targets have been there. Um, and he can be he can hit that cash game value, but I don't think it's a game where you're going to see him put that 180 up. It's going to be more like the games he was having prior, the six or 75s, uh, one of those types of games. It's like that on the other side, too. Uh, the Cowboys are another team that just don't give up big games, wide receivers, because they don't give up big plays in the passing game. Uh, so, I mean, I think it's a game where Amari's probably going to be a little probably over-owned for his price, definitely on DK at that 7,500 price. Uh, probably not, not investing there at all. I probably won't even have him on my player pool, to be honest. Okay, so you mentioned the Colts side, and, like, Evan, talk to me about – these Colts pass catchers, because again, Reeves just brought up Dallas doesn't really give up the big play through the passing game. So T.Y. Hilton, it's a little bit concerning with him because he's somebody that what do we want with him? We want that boom play. And if that's not really available in Cowboy, is it an Eric Ebron week? Because the Cowboys, it's it's tough for me to want to play too many guys against the Cowboys defense because that defense has been pretty good. Where would you target Dallas? And where do you expect the Colts to? So I think that it's a very simple analysis with uh, the Colts. Okay. First of all, um, Amari Cooper, like his price went down 300 from last week on FanDuel. His price went down 300 from last week on FanDuel. Should I say it again? Yes. His price went down <laughs> 300 on FanDuel from last week. 
That's well, he should have. He should have had a better game. <laughs> Underachiever, uh, you know. Hey, yeah. ever since he came out of Alabama, you know, his his heart wasn't isn't what wasn't in it. You know? That's what um, I keep hearing. He he le- since the Cowboys acquired him, he leads the NFL in uh, uh, receiving yards and receiving touchdowns, and he uh, is averaging nine targets a game. And his price went down on FanDuel. Okay. <laughs> You know, we'll leave it at that. We don't need any more analysis beyond that. Um, with uh, the, the Colts, like, it's very easy, you know. It's very easy. It's it's Ebron and Hilton. You're really not looking at anybody else. You can – don't chase points on Zach Pascal, you know, for the love of God. Like, Dontrell Inman is coming back this week. You know, Zach Pascal, he's going to be the four. He's going to be the four this week because it's Inman, Hilton, and Rodgers. Chester Rogers in their three receiver set. And then it's, you know, Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron, by the way, had two drops last week. His second and third of the season. He has not been dropping passes this year. Cowboys allow the second most catches per game to uh, opposing tight ends, eighth most receiving yards per game. Okay, uh, so you, we're saying we like Eric Ebron. We should play uh, Eric Ebron every week. I think we've said that every week on the show. You know, I, we, we play him every week, okay? You're, you're getting a dude who's, like, leading an, an Andrew Luck quarterback team in targets, you know, certainly in red zone and scoring position targets. You know, you just you, – you play him every single week until he's up price where he should. In Jack Doyle's missed games, Eric Ebron is averaging 10.7 targets per game, Okay. That would lead all tight ends across the NFL. He he should be priced right there with Travis Kelsey. I mean, honestly, like, and he's not priced. He's there, not, so yeah. He's not. T.Y. Hilton is a little bit tougher. I mean, the matchup is legit kind of difficult. Again, you know, Reeves talked about how the Cowboys don't give up big plays. They don't. You know, their secondary is really freaking good. They get a lot of pressure on the quarterback, which doesn't, which doesn't help. But, you know, this is – the Colts at home especially are the kind of keep this kind of a defense at bay because they can protect their quarterback. Mm -hmm. They have allowed the lowest sack rate and the sixth lowest QB hit rate in the NFL. They get to play at home uh, where offensive lines tend to perform better. Um, And also they're very aware of their strengths and weaknesses. This is what, you know, one of the aspects that makes Frank Reich's like such a great coach is that he's very, you know, he understands where his team is bad and good, and he adjusts for that, you know. And he also is very good at diagnosing the opponent. And, yo, dude just spent multiple years in the same division as the Cowboys, you know, coaching for the Eagles. What happened to the Eagles when they lost Frank Reich? You know, what what happened to the Colts when they got Frank Reich? You know, so – I didn't those know we were getting sound effects. This is those are solid. Those are yeah, those, those are, are those those legit. Well done. they were real. They were real good. You know, just like the Colts' offense in the in the <laughs> past protection. Um, oh, T.Y. Hilton. So he has been. He, his uh, slot rats are down recently, um, but it's not bad though. It's you know it's a quarter slot routes, quarter um, you know getting a quarter of his targets since uh, the bye week, um, and you know we I, we love him in in uh, inside against Anthony Brown. He's going to have to deal with Byron Jones and Shido Biawuzi on the outside, but he's small and he's quick, and those dudes are big, you know. So, and you love T.Y. Hilton at home, man. You, you love him indoors. Oh, yeah. So, 
I, yo, I think it's, I, I love Luck. I love Hilton and I love Ebron and just, you know, don't mess around with anybody else in the Colts. Yeah, that's one of the best things about this game. We know exactly where the production's going to go. By the way, we have some breaking news. I'm not sure if you guys have seen this on the old Twitter machine, but according to Cal Spears, according to Dan Bach, we are in for playoff pick six, baby. We're good to go. Woo! Yeah. Uh, thank you. I was wondering, I was like, are you guys just sitting there quietly? I'm like, oh, are you guys actually disappointed? Now, there's no, there's no, um, there's no confirmation that we're going to be able to get Kobe Fleener on there with us, but we're definitely going to try and make that happen. We need Kobe on a show. All right. Let's talk about a game where I'm sure Kobe Fleener is going to be watching. He's the man. It's Pittsburgh at New England, 51 and a half point total. The Patriots are two point favorites. And, um, you know, this is the game, Reeves, that everybody's going to stack. It's the highest total on this slate by quite a bit. We have James Conner questionable for Pittsburgh. Initially, it looked like he wasn't going to play. Now there's some reports that he's walking around the facility without a limp and everything. I don't know what to make of that. But what do we do with this Pittsburgh side? Because, you know, it's kind of like we talked about with the Colts. It's just a few guys here. It's either Jalen Samuels or James Conner, depending on who gets the start. It's Juju, who we love, and it's Antonio Brown, who's going to be unowned. So, Reeves, what are you looking at on the Pittsburgh side? Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Um, I don't think we've talked about either of these teams much on this show based on these teams play so many primetime games, and we usually pick games from the main slate uh, just to talk about. So we haven't really talked about a Patriots or Steelers so far this year, it feels like. Uh, but I think the Steelers side is pretty interesting in this game. Actually, both sides are, obviously. But uh, we talk about home road splits and a, a lot on the show. We know Ben is obviously better at home. And the Patriots defense has actually pretty much no-showed on the road this year, especially in the passing game. Uh, opposing passers are averaging 22 fantasy points per game uh, against them on, on in their home field and 294 passing yards per game with New England traveling, as opposed to just 15.6 fantasy points and 248 passing yards in New England. So, I mean, we're going to have Ben – uh, in a in a hot spot where he we obviously play him. He's priced pretty far up there, though, up the boards this week. I'm real curious to see how the Patriots handle these Pittsburgh receivers. I think the initial inkling is we can go back two weeks ago to how they handled the Vikings receivers. Um, but the difference here is that Juju Smith-Schuster has not been playing in the slot a lot. His, his slot snaps have been cut in half since they've been playing Ryan Switzer. And he's been playing strictly on the outside. He only has 46 yards in the slot over his past four games. If he's going to be on the boundary, it's a lot harder to bracket him with the McCourty brothers like what they did with Adam Thielen. So we're going to have um, the Patriots maybe not be able to, to devise that type of game plan when their Steelers are in three-plus wide receiver sets. So that's going to be an interesting element. They Historically, Bill Belichick has let Antonio Brown be single covered in these games. It was always Malcolm Butler. We'll see if he's going to let Stephon Gilmore just chase Antonio Brown. But Antonio Brown's had a ton of success. He's averaged 20.3 PPR points per game uh, in his five games versus the Patriots. So if they're going to let him run around one-on-one, and we talk about, again, the home road splits, AB's been a lot better at home in Pittsburgh than Juju has, where Juju's been a lot better on the road. Uh, So, I mean, AB looks to be like where the signal's going to. um, But I'm curious to hear Evan's take on it. Yeah, Evan, I want to hear what you have to say because it seems to me like everybody's going to play Juju. I mean, that that's the feeling you get, isn't it? Well, because they're going to look at slot, slot Patriots versus the slot, but not realize that Juju's at like his – he was playing 80% of his snaps in the slot. He's been outside for weeks. Like, he's been outside for weeks. Yeah, well, so, I mean, if everybody's playing Juju, and I understand that Stephon Gilmore shadowing Antonio Brown is somewhat of a concern, but like – 
Antonio Brown against man shadow coverage. Bryce like, Butler beat uh, Stephon Gilmore for a touchdown last week. I did not get to see that one, but uh, I'm just yeah. saying that like yeah. DJ Duffel Bag, DJ Duffel Bag was in there. I love you. Just have the most random ass names, and I love it. Yeah. What like, What is DJ Duffel Bag? Is that that's his real? That's his real. So you know, Bryce Butler is an actual uh, traveling DJ, and that's his handle. Oh, <laughs> uh, you said that on multiple shows, and I'm always like, you know, what, what, bro, what? <laughs> Please tell me. That's I, I thought I was in the midst of a Bryce Butler fan. No, no, no. It's uh, sorry. I'm. You're thinking of a, a different Butler. You're thinking Chris Butler, the St. Louis Blues defense. I, mean, I think I need Levitan for that. Yeah, that, that is definitely something Levitan would know. You ain't lying there. Okay, so Evan, you kind of you kind of shook your head when I said that people are going to be concerned about Antonio Brown, and I'm like sitting here thinking if Juju's going to be have three times the ownership as Antonio Brown, and I think that's what's going to happen. Mm. Like. I'm really interested in Brown. What about you? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, <clears throat> I'm interested to see how the Patriots defend him, honestly. You know, uh, Josh Hornsby, uh, Fantasy ADHD, put up a poll the other day, and uh, the results of the, uh, it was like, uh, you know, who is Belichick going to treat as the, pay, the uh, Steelers number one? And the results were 59% AB and 41% Juju. And, um, you know, everyone thinks they know, you know, so, oh, you know, you're an idiot if you don't think it's Antonio Brown, you know, but I mean, you know, all this stuff is like kind of nebulous, you know, the NFL is very like, you know, very random. Like I, I put up a very, um, you know, a, a tweet recently about uh, NFL executives of the year, you know, and like all those NFL executives of the year, like they had, you know, one great year and then like they got fired within the next three years. You know, and so like no one really knows. And that's what really what makes NFL and, and it trickles down to trickles up, I should say, to DFS, um, you know, but the randomness of the sport, you know, it, it makes it we're, we're always on, on a moving target, you know, and it, it makes analysis of the sport very difficult. Um, but, you know, I, I think that the results of that poll actually 59% AB, 41% Juju, I think that's actually a pretty good um, assessment of, you know, who's he going to treat as the number one. But at the end of the day, I think he's going to stick Stefan Gilmore one-on-one on AB. And I think that AB can win that matchup. And Juju gets Jason McCordy with help. And I think that anyone struggles to, uh, to win that matchup. So, but also like Belichick will adjust during the game, you know, so that's another thing that you can't really account for. So look, I mean, it's an awesome game. I'm really excited about it. The Steelers receivers for as crazy as this sounds, they are like the least interesting guys to me. I love Julian Edelman. Oh yeah. It's tough not to, I mean, like Julian Edelman had a big week last week. Gronk. Do, do you like 15 catches? I mean, not I was playing against them in my other league, so no. But, uh, yeah, I like him if I'm playing him in DFS. That's for damn sure. And Tom Brady, I mean, Tom Brady turned back the clock. I've been saying he's washed. And he's Tom Brady, I'll tell you what, had I not said he's washed, I bet he just would have mailed that performance in. So you're welcome, Tom. Hey, I think Jalen Samuels is interesting if Connor's out again. Because I think a lot of people are going to feel like that he they were let down by him a little bit last week, even though for the price, obviously, it was great. But he outsnapped Steven Ridley 48-8 in that game. I mean, obviously, you lost the, the short touchdown, which is which is problematic for a ceiling. 
Um, but where have we always wanted to attack the Patriots, man? It's with backs out of the backfield yeah. and attack those linebackers. It's, and I feel like Jalen Samuels might give them a bigger edge this week as far as a game planning stance than if Connor was to even be fully healthy. Agree, or yeah. or for Connor to play at 80%, um, and, you know, not even play, you know, at 100%. So, I mean, I think Jalen Samuels is pretty interesting. He, I think he went up to 57 on DK, which I think is still a lot. That's a, that's lot a to, steal. That's so a lot to squeeze – I think because, yeah, because just receiving-wise, when you look at last week, yeah. he had seven catches. Um, they're 20, the Patriots are 26 in receptions allowed per game uh, to, to backfields. I think it's a game where if Samuels is coming in as a clear-cut starter, we know that he's going to out-snap Ridley like he did last week in a game that could pop more uh, without Josh Dobbs getting serious. Uh, it, it is a, a potential for him to still meet that quota, and a lot of people will think we'll balk at him getting up to 57. I mean, like, to me, if – I don't care. Whoever starts at running back, I I just hope – I the only thing I don't want to hear is James Conner's good enough to give him some carries. Like, that's going to be the one thing where I'm just going to be like, are you kidding me? Because, like, I want – either Connor to be a hundred percent and come in there because people aren't going to play Connor coming off of an injury that won't happen. So if Connor's healthy and he plays, I'm going to load up on him. If Connor's out, I'm loading up on Samuels because Reeves, you're right. This is exactly how we've been attacking uh, new England all season. It didn't really work out with Kenny and Drake last week until the last play of the game, but the week before Dalvin cook had a big game with at no ownership week for that. They played, you know, the jets, I'm not worried about anybody on the Jets. Before that, it was a Deion Lewis disappointment week. So to me, this is a phenomenal match for either one of these running backs. And Evan, I'm going to load up on whichever one starts. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. I mean, I'm just I'm very excited about this game, you know. Okay. And it, and it's Jalen Samuels and it's Julian Edelman, you know, and it's Brady a little bit and it's Ben a little bit, um, and it's maybe Gronk, you know, Gronk. Although Gronk look, he looked like trash last week, but you know what? When you're getting, and he's got seven plus targets in five of his last seven, or I think it's in six of his last eight, and you're facing a team that, you know, plays zone and is just like so beholden to their scheme that they, they don't adjust for, for the opponent. Like, and that's why we saw Keenan Allen tread him. And you know what? Like, you know, before, you know, like Warren Sharp and other people highlighted the fact that the, the, the Steelers were covering Keenan Allen with linebackers. <laughs> Like, old Bud Dupree, get out there. Oh, yo, get out. <laughs> yo, the Patriots have been exploiting this for years, homie. Like, they've been doing this for years. You can go back and watch Julian Edelman tape against the Steelers, man. They cover him with Lawrence Timmons, dude. And he just he racks up catches in, in his last three games. He's got eight, nine, and 11 catches in his last three games against the Steelers. Patriots have been well aware of this, you know, and this is why. You know, Steelers or uh, slot receivers have crushed the the you know the the Steelers all year, and you know even though they actually do have a good slot corner uh, in Mike Hilton, they play man on the outside and they play zone on the inside. And so, hey, if Keenan Allen just breaks off his right a little bit and goes over there, he's he's drawing Vince Williams in coverage, okay, as opposed to Mike Hilton. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, you just you just do option routes. So what what's the Patriots you know trademark option routes? So, I mean, Edelman, I think that if you could get his catch total, like, as a prop bet at, like, mm, 7.5, man, I would, I would rock that over. I mean, just, just rock it hard. So, Reeves, when we look at the Patriots side, what are some of the plays that you're looking at? Obviously, we like Edelman. I think Gronk is interesting. I've been – look, I, 
I was writing my article last week and I said specifically, I think Gronk is going to be more popular than he should be. And I think he's going to be a bust. So oops, that didn't obviously didn't work out. So what do you think about this Patriots side, Reeves? I got on Gronk late in the week last week and it worked out. Uh, Yeah, uh, it worked out. So I was pretty happy with that. And like, I haven't talked about it. I mean, we know, so Steelers just play one style of defense. They don't come out of it. They get crushed in the middle of the field. Um, Tight ends have accounted for 24.6% of the catches against the Steelers. That's 27th in the league. They've accounted for 25.5% of the receiving yards against the Steelers. They're 25th in the league. Uh, Historically, the Steelers have not cared about Julian Edelman and Rob Gronkowski just completely obliterating them. They've never done anything to alter their plan. Gronk has played the Steelers six times, and granted, it was it was a younger Gronk. Uh, you know, it wasn't like this version of this year where he's he looks like a you know a surfboard running routes. Uh, but he's got eight touchdowns. In, How bad you look on that tackle attempt against Kenny? Oh my! God. Oh my God, man! What like? Ah. There's a, we get we give a, a hat tip to the to to uh, to B squared a lot, but uh, having him on the field instead of Josh Gordon that probably was a, a difference between a win and a loss. Crane, like I have no <laughs> doubt that you have better lateral agility than Gronk right now. I'm 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 nimble. You would be stunned. I see see wait, <laughs> boom! You didn't like you just barely you saw here. Watch this again. So fast. I didn't even see it. Thank you. I know it's unbelievable. By the way, Evan, you missed uh, our talk pre-show. Let's just say that was a very, very expensive Kenyon Drake run for me. Like, very expensive. <laughs> so we'll, we'll move on. All right, yeah, we like all the guys in this game. All right, let's talk about some of our favorite quarterbacks on the slate because on this main slate, it's – um, golly, it's pretty ugly. Reeves, what other quarterbacks do you have for me? Because, I, I mean, can we possibly go back to Kirk Cousins after last week? No, his price went up. Um, the uh, Hey, I, we haven't talked about a bad player yet. You ready? You want to talk about some bad players? Wait, hold, okay, hold on. Are you going to Jeff Driscoll? I know, baby. Are you going to Derek Carr? Delvin. No. no. Are you going to oh, lower? The lower. Uh, Who's the most? Ferkser. Ferkser. Trubisky? Oh, do not say Jarwin. Do not say Jarwin. Oh, we didn't even talk about Jarwin when we talked about the Colts game. We well, should have. There's a reason that we No, we're talk. talking about quarterbacks. Josh Johnson? I don't know, he'd be he'd be fun if he wasn't playing the Jaguars. Eli? No, man. Nick Mullins, baby. Oh, stop it. 4,800. Listen, no, he's got 17 or more fantasy points in three of his five starts. He's over 4 and 14 and 332 yards the past few games. Seattle, outside of nuking the primetime Kirk Cousins that once again showed up last night, allowed 17 or more fantasy points to six straight passers before that, including Mullins himself. They're coming off a Monday night game on the road, which has historically been a letdown spot. He's 4,800. We already want to play Dante Pettis. It's the cheapest stack you got on the board for points uh 4800 man just so you know we're not rock my world <laughs> not not convinced not convinced. No, I, that's that's something like uh let's see another give me a cheapie evan who you got anybody are you are you on this what do you think about this raiders Bengals game can we play either of these guys driscoll bro I, I figured you seemed like you would like driscoll you seem like a driscoll kind of guy yeah i actually haven't even uh this i have been saving this game as the last one that i you know write up but just I've been thinking about it a lot, though, you know, and I'm like, yo, I kind of want to, like, love Driscoll. I, all I'm saying is that this Dallas-Indianapolis game is going to be incredibly chalky, right? Everybody's playing that, guys from this really? game. And it could yes. be, like, a game where, like, there's a lot of, like, low volume. It could yeah, be, like, I, not that hot of a game. You know, it could be a game where, like, 
T.Y. gets like, you know, five for 70 and, you know, and Luck, it, you know, throws one touchdown and 265 you know, yards. And, God, that would be bad. You know, Zeke gets like, you know, 112 yards and, you know, maybe a touchdown. You know, it, it could be one of those games. Yeah, I mean, I mean look, yeah. when I say that people are playing this game, this is what I mean. Right now in Roto-Grinders, the highest projected running back on DraftKings, Ezekiel Elliott. The highest projected wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton. The second highest projected wide receiver, Amari Cooper. The highest projected on tight end, Eric Ebron. I mean, that game is going to be stupid chalky. Meanwhile, go over to Oakland, Cincinnati, the exact same total. The home team is the exact same two-and-a-half-point favorite. And this game's going to have – no ownership whatsoever. So I ask you, Evan, give me a play from this game. I don't, I don't give a damn if it's quarterback or what. Give me a play from this game. What game? Cincy and Oakland, baby. I just gave you one. Driscoll, bro. I need, I need more. Who am I pairing him with? Doug, Doug Martin. Oh, Stop. Reeves. <laughs> so since Doug Martin's been the starting running back, he has the second most carries inside the 10 in the NFL. Indeed. He's playing a team that's allowed 20 touchdowns to running backs. Oh, oh, no, you're going to talk me into Doug Martin. Only Christian McCaffrey has more rushing attempts since he's been a starting running back inside the 10-yard line. <laughs> he scored in three straight games, to- Bengals run D, Doug Martin. All right, so we'll do – what about the Jeff Driscoll, John Ross, Jared Cook game stack? Yeah, yeah Cook is a good play. Not Ross, dude. Not Ross. All right, Don't am I going to – Ross is terrible. Ross is – I I played worse players than John Ross. I mean, no, dude. Like, <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> yo, he's real bad. I mean, he probably goes off this game, you know, because I'm just saying this, you know. But the Raiders, uh, the Raiders are are pretty good against like boundary receiver play. They they have been recently, haven't they? Although that that also could be chalked up to Antonio Brown's washiness. <laughs> so wash. That's what I've heard. He's uh he's like the number eight receiver on the. On the Steelers now, right? I, but a know, lot of speed guys Tyreek, haven't hit off them though. Hilton didn't have a good game against them. Tyreek, Tyreek did it. Yo, uh, that was on Tyreek though, man. Yeah, Tyreek <laughs> played awful that game. He, he was, was horrendous. Awful. Or right, Tyreek's like that. So as good as Tyreek is, like sometimes the old the old Tyreek not hit ball skills show up sometimes. All right, let's talk yeah. some running backs. And uh, one guy I'm looking at, and I don't think anybody's going to go here because I had one more QB. Oh wait, who is it? Uh-oh. Uh, if you're playing Thursday through Monday, man, uh, Jared Goff is priced down. Yes, yes. Uh, he's got he's like really. He's he's another guy that has really bonkers home road splits this year. Eighteen yep. with twenty seven passing touchdowns that to come home. I wish Wentz was playing uh, in this game now. That's what kind of teases me a little bit. His price went way down. He shredded at home. The Eagles have allowed the highest completion percentage in the NFL since they came back from bye. They're playing like JUCO players in their secondary. Uh, they just been getting shredded by everyone. Yeah, so just like- don't forget about Jared Goff on that slate. I love Don't forget the, about Jared Goff. The Goff to Cooks connection is the one that I'm going to be targeting there, just because the Eagles second. Or right. Woods too. I mean, I mean, or look, Gurley. you're fine either way. But if I had to pick one, or Gurley, or Gurley. Flipper he, Anderson, I'd, I'd mix some Flipper Anderson in. Wait, I'd get I Flipper thought, Anderson involved. I thought Gurley was uh, here. Down. Hakeem, <laughs> Ricky, rock and roll, Ricky Prol. Is that what we're doing over here rock now? And roll, Ricky <laughs> All right, let's talk some running backs real quick. One guy I've interested in. I want to tell you guys if I'm not Ernie first. Conwell. <laughs> God, here we go. You gotta get the uh the fake kick to Jeff Wilkins. Is that what's gonna happen right now? Just take me back to my high school days. Um talk to me about David Johnson because you know this is a spot where I can't imagine people are playing David Johnson because they're gonna see the Falcons as nine point home favorites. People are gonna say, Well, I'm gonna want to play the Falcons defense. And meanwhile, David Johnson, 
pass catching running backs still destroy the Falcons. And it feels like this might be the week people forget that. Evan, you're shaking your head. What do you think about DJ? No, no, no. I'm, I'm on your side. Okay. Um, That's what I meant. You were saying up and down. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Season highs in routes run uh, targets in catches last week. We won't mention that. We'll, we'll, we'll say it softly. But he had a lot of catches and a lot of targets and a lot of routes last week. And that's what we want to see from our running backs against the Falcons. In week 13, look, you know, I was watching the game live and I got shook by Chase Edmonds, you know, vulturing all these touchdowns. Anyone would, man. Look at the box score. score, You watch the game, you know, and, and it was especially, you know, it especially shook me because, it was like Chase Edmonds like had touchdowns called back and like they didn't, you know, sub him out. Like they left him in and, you know, David Johnson like didn't come in and they were like trying to feature Chase Edmonds, it seemed. But Chase Edmonds got like three touches last week. Uh, David Johnson had 88% of the snaps. And now he gets a very good um, matchup against Atlanta, which not only has gotten smashed by receiving backs, but also has gotten has been terrible against the run. Period. Could Arizona go to Atlanta and upset them? I hope. I don't not. think that's crazy. I don't think that's crazy. You know, I, I really don't. These are these are these teams have nothing to play for, man. You know, except for like Hart and uh, Dan Quinn, the head coach of the Falcons, has already talked about how he wants to um, he wants to play younger players. He wants to start playing younger players. Uh, Edo Smith has outtouched Tevin Coleman in consecutive games. Saw a little bit of Brian Hill last week. We saw a little bit of Eric Saubert last week. Don't have saw, his rookie card. We saw some Justin Hardy last week, okay? I think I've they're going to sit Hooper this week, by the way. I think they're going to sit Austin Hooper, and they're going to play Eric Saubert as their tight end. That remains to be seen. You know, it's only Wednesday. But, um, you know, they're not they're not trying to win the game. So, and, and you know, uh, and Steve Wilkes is trying to save his job. Dan Quinn doesn't have like necessarily like job security concerns. Steve Wilkes does because this has been like one of the worst coach teams in the NFL. Everyone knows. It. So, so wait, know, Evan, are you, are you saying that I need to be concerned about my Falcons defense in season long? No, I mean, Ooh, they're okay, no, they're, okay, they're, okay. Ooh, don't scare me like that, buddy. Don't scare me like that. All right, Reeves, real quick, give me some the, other running The entire backs. Arizona offensive line is like on injured reserve. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Thank you. All right, Reeves, some other running backs. Who you got? Oh, uh, well, we forgot about when we were talking about the game. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's really yeah. good this week. He yeah. looks pretty good. Coming off a season high, 31 touches. Now he's a home favorite probably for the last time all year. Uh, Dalvin Cook looking looking all right. I mean, well, I always love he's he's been kind of floating. He's in a top 10 running back. The problem is he's doing it through the receiving game. And we've kind of chased this, My- this Miami matchup hasn't paid off a couple weeks in a row with Sonny Michelle and LaShawn McCoy, but they haven't really traveled well either. So, I mean, he's priced so cheap, I think he's worth a shot, especially in a side like Fandle where he's 62. Uh, that's really it. I mean, we talked about all, most no, of it. No Leonard Fournette? I think Fournette's all right. If I mean, the problem is that you were talking about the game with the lowest game total in the NFL in three and a half years. Uh, their offensive line is no healthy players. The left side of their offensive line is just awful right now. It's just completely terrible. It is worse um, than the Redskins' run defense. I it's probably six or one half. He's gonna get a bunch of touches. That game's gonna be terrible. I think he's fine. I don't really have like a, a pushback on Leonard Fournette. How about, how about this? Hundred yards. He's not excited either. Hundred yards and two touchdowns for Leonard Fournette this week. Yeah. yeah. Would that surprise you, Evan? No. 
wouldn't surprise me. All right, real quick, we got to get out of here. We got to get the D train home. So give me two receivers, Evan, that we haven't talked about yet that you like. Ooh, oh, man. Um, All right, I'll go to Reeves first. That's okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Well, Dante Pettis. Yeah, I knew you were going to say Dante bleeping Pettis, man. No, <laughs> stop it. Seven targets in his past three games. Seattle's still terrible on the boundaries. I won't back down from this. He's super cheap. Target volume. Why would you fade that? It's Dante. And he's got big play upside. He's 4,400. All right. He's 55 on FanDuel. That's gone. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> would you know. not want to play that? I, I know. I was just trying to see if I said it like that. I was hoping, hoping that you would just be like, oh, okay, I can't do it. No, I see what you're doing. What about, I like Doug Baldwin, by the way. If he's healthy, like Doug Baldwin in the slot against San Francisco, I think it's interesting on the road. All right. That's one of mine. All right. Evan, give me one for you. No, we, we, we want Baldwin to be out. So we play Tyler Lockett in the slot. Hey, either way, I'm playing whoever playing the slot against San Francisco. Yeah. Um, Give me a second here, okay? All right, back to Reeves. Right. Reeves, give me your no, second. No, no, Crane. Okay, all right. Robbie Emerson, we mentioned, okay? Yes. I think that on that Saturday slate, I don't want to give – you know what? I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to give away the goods on the Saturday slate. It's a slight Thanksgiving. We, we're not doing a specific show on the Saturday slate, so I'm not giving it away. I'm not giving all away right. the – Well, you can tell me after the show. How about that? Well, the, listen, you keep DeAndre Carter in your pocket. Oh, <laughs> DeAndre Carter. All right. Anyways, um, man, let me let me look at this. Uh, Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield. Uh, Who the hell is that's a, not a real person? Yeah, he plays on the Cardinals. He let him in receiving last week. Um, we already hit on all the good plays. What are you talking about? Oh, uh, Buffalo. Buffalo. Yo, uh, Josh Allen. I know everyone is just hating on Josh Allen. Like they can't. They can't grasp the fact that he is awesome in fantasy. You know, like, you, there's a difference between fantasy and real life, okay? The guy is – he's trapped in real life. I mean, let's, let's be real. But he's awesome in fantasy. And so people are, like, trying to find reasons. They're, like, digging, like, oh, you know, he doesn't the, – these, these called runs are not – you know, they're, they're not designed. Yo, he had – on the opening drive last week, he had four rushes for 48 yards and a touchdown on the opening drive, okay? And, look, he, maybe, you know, he probably won't have 100 rushing yards this week. That's a bad bet always for a quarterback. But he's gotten it three straight weeks, number one. Number two, he should be able to throw the ball on this trash Lions pass defense with Robert Foster, with Zay Jones, with my boy uh, Isaiah McKenzie. I mean, I think that uh, Josh Allen keeps it up, a top 10 fantasy quarterback yet again, you know, and just uh, just showing the haters what's up. All right. Speaking of haters, Evan, you may stop. Don't let those people make fun of your Oregon Trail computer. All right. I'm seeing on Twitter what's going on. The dude's making, yeah, I mean, it's just rude people. All right, guys, we got to get out of here. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you guys a couple things that's going on in Roto-Grinders. Make sure you check out Yahoo. They are having possibly – not possibly – almost probably what is almost for sure the best value tournament in the history of DFS this weekend. It's a 1 million guaranteed in the prize pool. There's a 250,000 guaranteed overlay. That's right. They are guaranteeing quarter million bucks in overlay, $20 buy-in 10 entries max. So you throw 200 bucks in there. You're going to have as much as many. You're going to have as much as any other pro definitely check that out. hundred grand for first plus use the promo code grinders 30. You're going to get a $30 matching bonus in Yahoo bucks just for using the promo code grinders 30. Also, 
you're over on FanDuel, make sure you check out the Roto-Grinder Single Entry Series. It's the last week for that. So if you're in the running to win some big bucks over there in the Single Entry Series, you want to make sure and check that out. So it's going to do it for us, though. we got to get off here. We're going to be back next week, of course, and we're going to be back for the playoffs either. We just got we got the promotion. We got the go-ahead from Cal, from Dan. Cam's probably sleeping somewhere, but he would have given us the go-ahead, too, if he was in. But we got to get off here for now. So for Evan, for Reeves, for Kobe Fleener, I'm Eric Crane. We'll see you guys later. Peace.